This podcast is brought to you by lineupmedia.fm. You know, it's been said that success comes to those who wait. Belief started in the fourth grade. I believe that it's earned with the right attitude. And I had this nagging feeling. A great belief system. I was capable of so much more. An action every single day. In all the pursuits that we have in our lives, I think there's an element of suffering. When you mix that in with faith, courage, discipline, and most importantly, a vision. Never give up on yourself. That's when greatness happens. The Circuit of Success with Brett Gilliland. Welcome to the Circuit of Success. I'm your host, Brett Gilliland, and today we have Michelle Smallman. Michelle, how are you doing? I'm doing well. Thank you for having me. Thank you for being here. This is my uh, my first time here in this conference room in our office in St. Louis, so it's, uh, it's going to be fun, our new site here for us. Uh, the listeners that don't know who you are, why don't you give us a little background, a little lay of the land on who Michelle Smallman is? Oh, wow. Where to start? Um, well, I was born and raised here in St. Louis, more specifically over on the Illinois side in Belleville. Uh, went to the University of Illinois, actually went there pre-med. And, oh, there you go. Yeah, and decided, you know what, that route is not the best for me. So then I um, became a broadcast journalism major. After I graduated, I worked here locally at KSDK for a while. And then ESPN Radio came to town, and I got an opportunity to work with Bernie Miklas at that time as his producer. Uh, worked with him for about two years, and then worked afternoon drive with the Fast Lane. And from there, the mothership, as we like to call it, or uh, the national branch of ESPN came calling. And I went to Bristol, where they're headquartered, for about three years. Worked on various shows there, most notably Rosillo and Cannell with Ryan Rosillo and Danny Cannell. People may remember that. And then, you know, got the opportunity to come back here to St. Louis to co-host with Bernie, which I thought was very poetic because it's kind of where my career started. Came full, full circle. And... You know, no matter what success you have in life, there's always going to be that pull to come back where you're from. And, you know, I really miss my family and I love St. Louis. So it's been great to come home and and be back in my community. Well, that's awesome. So what was it like when you went to the mothership uh, ESPN out there in Connecticut? I mean, what was that like? I mean, because obviously we see it, you know, with the sports center, all the stuff and the glitz and the glamour and all that. And but what was it like working for ESPN uh, out there? It was very intense. Um As people can imagine, it's a 24-hour network, so the amount of content that you have to fill is is pretty demanding at all times and it's kind of one of those things where it's all hands on deck so while I had my specific show that I needed to work on my role as the executive producer of say Rosillo and Cannell it, it seems like I would be in charge of just one facet of that maybe just the radio program but I ran our radio team I ran our TV team I was in charge of booking our guests I was you know coordinating our remote broadcast when we went on the road all the time um, I was constantly cutting up our content and and putting it on social or connecting with the TV crews to get it pushed, you know, our topics and my host opinions on other platforms. It's just, it's one of those jobs where you put your phone down for five minutes and you, you have 30 emails you missed. Yeah. It's it's very demanding, but then at the end of the day, you sit back and you, you look at what you did and you said, I contribute in, in some way to sports conversation in America today. Yeah. And the way that I kind of look at it is, you know, the world's so crazy, everyone's lives are so busy, that sports is that escape for people. So to be yeah. able to contribute to that in any way was very cool for yeah. me. And I think it's awesome, too, is I've heard you talk. We had lunch a while back, and, and you talked about just you went to pre-med for, at U of I, yeah. and then you end up doing this, which right. is a little different than going to be a doctor, right? Sure. So how did you become uh, the sports Girl, right? How'd you come the woman in sports that you are today? Um, I get that question a lot, especially when people meet me. They don't 
I don't look the way they expect me to look. I love fashion, and I'm very girly. So for me to be the <laughs> sports girl, people are kind of taken aback by that. Um, but I'm an only child, and I'm super close to my parents. And when I was growing up, my dad was my hero, and I would follow him around everywhere. I was like his shadow, and he just would take me everywhere he went. So we would go to Blues games, and he would dress me up, and you know, we would go to Cardinals games, and he would make me keep score. And when we had to do laundry, I would fold the clothes and have to run routes, and he would throw me things, and I'd have to fold them as a touchdown. When we watched Monday Night Football, I would do halftime interviews with him, and he would give me baseball cards that's how he taught me math wow. was baseball cards um so just you know and i played sports growing up my entire life so it's just something that i was always really really into i'm just fascinated by that stuff because I, I can't imagine his game plan of that was well she's going to go work for espn right but it was just the time and the energy put into it and it created a passion for you i guess right i always used to tell him when i was younger i would say you know what dad one day i'm gonna work for espn because i always wanted to be melissa stark i wanted to like be at the games that was my my thing is i just wanted to be there at the games and he would always say if you work hard enough kid you can do it and so even when i went to illinois pre-med i was there was a part of me that was like you don't really want to be a dermatologist you know if you could do this you should so it was always kind of dormant in my mind that this was something i would do well that's uh, he's got to be proud now oh my gosh i always tell people one of the most special days of my entire life um my parents came to visit in connecticut and i got to give my parents a tour of the espn studios and one of the cool things is they just built a couple years ago this brand new state-of-the-art unbelievable sports center studio and when um Um, people aren't on set you can take tours through there and sit on it and I got to sit on the sports center set with my dad and take a picture with him and he just kind of took a deep breath and looked at me and he said you did it kid you did it wow and it was that was one of those moments in my life I know I just looked at him and I thought wow what a moment that I could it was like your whole life with your dad my dad like flashed before my eyes and I just thought about all those moments that he had poured into me and to get me to this point, and it was very, very cool. Yeah. And I think to that point, you said to get you to this point is you don't just wake up and you're sitting on Sports Center, oh, right? No. You had to work your tail <laughs> off, you had to take risk, you had to do a lot of things for free, mm-hmm. right? And we talked about that as well. That I, I love this part of the story is tell our listeners. Um, so, again, whether you're in journalism or you're in the boardroom doing business, whatever it may be, it is hard work and it is taking action. What did you do to climb that ladder to get where you are today? Sure. Yeah, I um, I, go, I speak at school sometimes about my career because people think, oh, Sports Center or ESPN or radio or TV, what, how, what a glamorous life. Right. I can promise you, even at the highest level, it is not a glamorous job in any way. And I always tell kids, I think a lot of kids now have what I call reality TV syndrome, where they see all these people who just kind of fall into fame, yep. and they think that, you know, oh, I could be an Instagram model, or, or yeah. what I could be on reality TV, look at the Kardashians. But, you know, most people, that's not going to be their lives. And most people, if they want this, are going to have to take the path that I took. And for me, it was, I'll just kind of run through it, some of the things that I did. But when I decided that I didn't want to be a doctor anymore, I fortunately had a great advisor at Illinois that I became very close with that kind of put me on the right path. But in my mind, I'm very type A. I'm like, I'm already a year behind, right? So I said to her, any internships that you have, 
that come across your desk, if somebody else doesn't have them, I want them. So in addition to going to school, I started working for a company called Illini Productions who worked with the athletic department and they would interview football players. And that was in conjunction with the Big Ten Network, which was a new property out of Chicago. So I would get to interview football players and they would, what we call FTP it or ship it up to Chicago. And my bites from the players would run on the Big Ten Network. Or I would spend many nights with my friends were partying, working basketball games in a booth and run the replay or run the graphics or spend hours in a windowless room making, um, you know, the player of the week package that you see run on the big screen on the Jumbotron during games. Um, You know, when I came home for Christmas break, there was an opportunity to do uh, an internship for Monday Night Football. So instead of hanging out with my friends who I really missed from home, I was working Monday Night Football, Rams and Bears, carrying ropes, you know, and wires down the field. And it's... It's a lot of work, you know, but right. really it's it's making those connections. So then instead of getting my dream job in Chicago, like I thought when I would graduate, it was 2008 and the economy crashed and media took a big hit. So even a lot of really established journalists were taking furloughs and it was a really tough time. So I moved home. I was living in my parents' house and working for KSDK at the time. I would work four in the morning till two in the afternoon doing you know, menial production work, running the prompter, running scripts, things like that. And then I would go to the sports office from two to six for free. <laughs> and I would follow Renny Nott and Frank Cusimano around and I would beg them for any work. I'd say, let me, oh, you're going to interview Albert Pujols State? Let me write you 20 questions. And <laughs> just use one. Just pray that they would even just read them. Um, I would say, let me write your teases for tonight. You know, all this stuff for free. I had no social life for many right. years. And then... You know, when ESPN Radio came to town, there was a weekend show opportunity. And because I was just kind of their shadow all the time, Rennie Knott and one of the guys that worked in the sports office got a weekend show and they asked me to be a part of it. And so then, you know, for 50 bucks every two weeks, I would take the one day a week I had off and drive from, you know, Belleville to Creve Corps, about an hour. And I would do a two hour radio show. For 50 bucks. For 50 bucks. And um, that's kind of where it all started, though, because the program director of the station heard me on the radio and reached out to me and said, hey. I know you've never produced radio before, but there's an opportunity, and I think that you might be a good fit for it. Wow. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. That's a lot. So and- many nights where I, I worked and didn't sleep and you know didn't get paid anything. I'm Brett Gilliland with Circuit of Success. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Circuit of Success. I am your host, Brett Gilliland. It's been awesome so far in this interview. We're going to dive right back in, and we're going to dive into the attitude, the beliefs, the action that ultimately gets results. So let's dive right back into this week's guest. So let's talk about the Circuit of Success, and let's talk about uh, attitude. When you hear the word attitude, what comes to mind for you? Positivity. Because if you don't have a positive attitude, it will permeate to everyone around you. That's right. And that's one thing I always say about a radio show or a TV show, especially because I work in sports, but it's a team. So if you're complaining about being tired or you're complaining about all this extra work you have to do, it's going to affect everyone else around you. (laughs) And so I always kind of think, like, I want to be the positive team member that's like, hey, you need someone to help you edit that? I'll do it. Or, you know, we should really get more Cardinals players on our show. I'll go down to the game and start chatting people up and see if they want to come on the show. Just things like that because, you know, negativity spreads, and that's a virus that I don't want. It doesn't work. Uh, So belief systems, when you think about, uh, again, your success and for our listeners and to help them with their success, what are the beliefs, kind of that no-miss thing you know you got to do day in and day out 
uh, for you? Well, the first thing that comes to mind when you say belief, especially specific to my industry, is that you have to believe in yourself. Mm. Because a lot of times, especially in media, there are so many people that want this job. Right. Whatever job, or in any industry really, there are so many people lining up behind you that are younger, that are hungrier, that are going to want your job. And a lot of times it just takes one person to believe in you, to give you an opportunity, to show what you can do. And I've learned, and I tell people this all the time, if you don't believe in yourself, how do you expect mm-hmm. anyone else to believe in you? Amen to that. That's actually my first one on there, believe it or not, is believing in yourself. Because if we don't, like you said, who who else is going to believe in you? Right. That's awesome. Uh, so I think you know once you have your attitude, you get your belief system down. It takes some faith, mm-hmm. right? It takes some faith that these long nights, these sleepless nights, this working for nothing is going to work. But at the end of the day, you got to take action, mm-hmm. right? So what advice would you have for people on taking action, especially on the days that you don't want to take action? You got to do it anyway. Well, it's kind of like building a house, right? You have to do it brick by brick. And I would always, I'm a, I'm a plan maker always it's the producer in me i can't help it so i always try and look ahead and even if you have a five-year plan a general five-year plan or like a month out or a daily plan whatever it is just try and a little bit every day build towards that so in in my i'll try let me try and think of how i should phrase this um basically the advice that i give a lot of people Hold on. Let me think of how to how to explain this. What was the question again? Sorry. Yeah, you can edit this out. Um, action. Just you know, you got to take action every day to be successful. Because you can have a plan, oh, you can do okay. the things you want to do, but you got to take action. Okay. Um, when I think of action, specific to my industry at least, there is so much content that's kind of being churned out there all the time. You have a podcast. I have a podcast. On the way here, I was listening to to a different podcast. Every day you have this buffet of media that you can choose from. And to me, even if you're not specifically working on your thing, I like to be a student of other things I would like to emulate. One of the best advice I was ever given is find the person in the building that you want your career to most look like and shadow them. And do that. Today, that's so easy, right? Because you don't have to be in the building to shadow people. So, for instance, if I you know, think Howard Stern is a great interviewer and I want to work on my interview skills, I will listen to a bunch of interviews that he does and take notes on, on ways I'd like to frame things differently. Or one of the things I want to do now is I'm trying to find a place to consolidate all the work that I've done, and so I, I need to learn how to build a website. So I make a list, okay? Right. You know, in addition to all the things I have to do this week, read about how to build a website or a blog for 30 minutes every day. And in addition to that, one thing that I always tell people, and this applies to any industry that I like to do, is I put on a timer once a week for 30 minutes and I send out emails to people that I want to maintain relationships with or network. You know, people that I I may have met in Bristol, just checking in, seeing how they're doing. Hey, I did this podcast. I really value your opinion. Will you listen to it and give me some feedback? Or someone I may have met at a Super Bowl. Hey, I saw this. I thought of you. How are you doing? You never know who is going to be that next person to give you an opportunity. So staying connected to people is really, really important. Kind of keep your eyes open to the, uh, I, I was just talking to somebody about it yesterday, or I guess Monday on a podcast, about your circle of influence, right? Right. We want our circle of influence to keep getting bigger and bigger because that's the influence, right? We want to make a difference. Definitely. Um, so ultimately, the, the the end result is you will get results. That's the circuit of success. And, and you've done that, so we don't have to spend much time in that. But I believe once you get results, it creates a new vision. Would you agree with that? Absolutely. And I think that now, today, as you said here, in 2018, your vision is probably much bigger and greater than, say, it would have been in 2012 and 2010 
because of these circuits that you've done every single day, day in and day out. So talk to us about vision now. What do you see? What's Michelle Smallman seeing in the future? Ooh, I don't know. That's really tough because if you would have asked Michelle Smallman in 2012 what her future would have looked like, I never would have ever anticipated where I'd be sitting right now. When I was in college, radio was my least favorite class. I hated radio. <laughs> I, d- I didn't like the medium. I thought it was antiquated. And now I look at it as you have this amazing platform that reaches the ears of all of these people. I, I look at things in a totally different way. And I think... You can have a general life plan or a general goal, but you also have to keep your eyes open always for opportunities. And you have to be afraid to not deviate from your path. You know, if I would have said, no, I only want to stay in TV, I want to be a a feature reporter, I probably never would have gotten to ESPN. But because I took a chance in radio and learned about a different medium, it was able to circumvent the process for me to get there. And I think now, especially, like I just mentioned, there's so many different media outlets. There's so many avenues to success now. I'm really interested in the podcast space. I'm interested in the digital vid- video space. One thing that I'm trying to become a student of is how to brand yourself and monetize social media more. You know, I hear from people all the time that say, "Hey, I saw on your podcast or I saw on your Instagram that you were having so and so Sean Evans from Complex and First right. We Feast on your podcast." And I, I clicked on it and it was great and I thought I would have never in my life thought that from social media you would have gone to Apple Podcasts and downloaded my podcast and then reached out to me via email. It's just, I always think of it kind of as the recycle sign, right? Everyone's, no matter where you put it out, it's going to come back in different ways. So that's, you know, it's hard to say where I'll be in five years, but... Well, I think the branding, to use that word, because it's a big word right now you hear is, uh, I mean, because you and I talked about this too, is that Netflix, I mean, it's it's the podcast world now. I mean, people mm-hmm. want what they want when they want it. Right. Right. And I think that, for again, those listening is how can they make a difference with their companies or their brand? Yeah. I mean, this is one avenue that I think is, it's been a big deal for us and for our firm even. I mean, just doing this and getting the t- people like yourself on here... It helps. Media is like a buffet these days. I mean, you can pick and choose what you want to consume from where at what time. And that's what I think is, you know, I love the intimacy and kind of personal connection of radio. You know, what I equate radio to is kind of like appointment listening, right? You get in your car every day. You're going to drive to work. You're going to listen to Bernie and I. We're going to talk about St. Louis sports, and it's a routine for you. But conversely, podcasts and you know digital video and social media has become kind of the filler there. When you're at work and you have 20 minutes before your next meeting, you can scroll Instagram and see what people yeah. are doing, or you can listen to 20 minutes of a podcast at your leisure. So I think that's kind of where things are evolving more, yeah. um, and I'm really intrigued by that. Yeah, so what would you say is your, your habits and rituals for you, again, for success? We talked a little bit about this, but are there things, whether it's journaling or the email thing you talked about, are there any things that you would recommend for people to make sure they do every day? Um, Well, I think that's a very specific thing to each person, but Mm -hmm. what works for me is twofold. Um, I have learned about myself that I get my best ideas when I'm running, Um, and I think a lot of times... Focusing on your health uh, is important, especially yep. in you know my position. I get up so early every day that if I if I'm not taking care of myself, I'm going to crash and burn very quickly. Right. But I try and a couple times a week to block out some time to run. I'll think, okay, uh, who do I want to have on this podcast? What's the content that I want to put out this week personally? And I'll go for a run, and then I'll stop and I'll write things in my notes as I go. Um, and let me think, what else do I do? 
And when you're on that, so you actually, while you're thinking about that, the running, you're obviously not running for time then. You're fine. Literally, you'll stop on the run and write in your notes section. Yep. I will, I will literally go, and I, it just kind of clears my mind. And another thing that I do a lot, um, just something that tends to work for me, is I make lists. I find a lot of satisfaction of yeah. crossing something off the list. So even if it's show by show or podcast by podcast, I'll say, these are the things that I want to accomplish or the content that I want to explore today, yeah. and I'll cross it off as I go. It's just kind of a little accountability factor for me. So on your podcast or your show, who's your dream interview? I mean, because you've probably interviewed some of the greatest stars, you know, athletes, if you will, right? Mm-hmm. So. But if Michelle Smallman could pick one guest to be on her show, who would it be? Oh, that is such a tough question. <laughs> um, I would have a couple months ago said Anthony Bourdain, but unfortunately yeah. he passed away. I was always very fascinated by him and how he, in my mind, changed uh, the media format, the travel format. He made travel accessible to so many people. Mm. Um which I think is really profound because travel, I think, changes you and changes yeah. the way that you view and approach the world. Um, but, I mean, this is kind of a cliche answer, but one person I would obviously love to talk to is Oprah just because from a media, branding, marketing, development standpoint. She's done okay. I, I mean, yeah, she's all right. But, <laughs> I mean, just who's done it better than Oprah? And right. I, I think one thing that I'm always really fascinated about is, like, the art of the interview. You know, how do you get the most out of someone? Because how do you make it feel intimate enough that they want to share things with you and that they can convey things that listeners will find interesting and apply to their life? So yeah. I feel like who's done it better than Oprah? I mean, right. she literally changed the game. Yeah, she she has a way to get people to cry, too. She does. people love, right? They I really think it do. might be the couch. I blame it it's on the, the couch. couch. <laughs> we'll start doing that on this podcast, too. Okay. We'll start interviewing people on the couch. Uh, define success for me. What's that look like? Uh, to me, success is happiness. It's contentment. It's feeling proud of what you do every day yep. and being excited to do your job every day. And when you think to the kind of the world defines success, uh, I would say they. Def- I think that they try to define it by money, but in, in reality, is the people and you've been around people with lots and lots of money. That's not what makes them ha- makes them happy. No, no. Um, monetary success is obviously nice. It makes your life very comfortable. Yep. It gives you the freedom to do what you want to do, but. Like you mentioned, I've seen many athletes who have a lot of money who don't feel very content or happy yep. in their lives. And, you know, I just I think being proud of yourself and proud of what you've accomplished. And, you know, I always someone once, um, if you could have one wish in 10 years, what do you want to be? And without even thinking, I said, I want to feel content. Like, I just <laughs> want to be content to go to work every day and content to come to my home every day. Right. And just like very at peace with my life. That's what I, like I define it. success. as. I like that. Um, so let's talk about the. Uh, what was I getting ready to ask? You just said something, and I had a question I was going to What did you just say right before that? About being content? It was, that was right before that. Even. Monetary successes? Um, maybe. should have wrote down. I was like, I'll remember. Let me think. What else did I say? Oh, happiness is success? I'm trying to think what I said. Was it Oprah? So, yeah, so let's talk about, so when you say happiness, so what's that mean? I mean, everybody wants to be happy, right? But what's that really, truly look like? Hmm, I don't know. I think it's it, it's different for everyone. For me, um, you know, I'm happiest personally when I'm around my family, when my family's thriving. I'm happiest when um, I feel like I'm making an impact with the people around me and my community. That's the one thing that 
I find so valuable about my job that I didn't even anticipate, right? Like I got into this because I wanted to be around greatness and excitement and, you know, athletes and all of these different things. But what I didn't realize is the community that not only forms around your show or your content, um, that people kind of come to every day. It becomes part of their routine, right. which is very cool. Like I hear from people all the time that say, when's your next podcast coming out? It's the best part of my week. And I think, wow, you know, this guy from Louisiana emailed me this morning and was like, I loved this That's about your cool. podcast. And I thought yeah. some person I've never met in Louisiana heard something that I had to say and was affected by it. That's amazing. Um, but even on just kind of a daily level, the fact that I get a chance to talk about something that is such a fabric of the St. Louis community, which is sports, is something that I don't take lightly and I don't take for granted. Yeah. I know what sports means to this community, and to be able to play any small role in that is very special for me. How awesome was the PGA this week? I've been trying to explain it to people who aren't from here, because so many of the people that I know from Bristol reached yeah. out to me to be like, wow, it looked amazing on TV. I go, it I can't even quantify to you how amazing it was. I know you were there because we yeah. were texting about it, but one of, so on my podcast last week, the two guys that are frequent guests of mine are friends that I worked with in Bristol. And one of the questions we had a listener ask is, what annoys you the most about one another? And both of the guys said the same thing about me. They said, Michelle talks about St. Louis too much. She rides too hard for St. Louis. It's like the six degrees of separation. You could say, you know pig and she'd be like you know speaking of pig you know st louis is great barbecue right. like she, exactly. she'll bring it back somehow right. and i was thinking about that in regards to the pga because the way that st louis showed up for the pga is everything that i love about yeah. the city it's you know this sense of community and, and people showing up when it matters and the hospitality of people here when you come to st louis people want to show you a good time right. we're so proud to be from here and yeah. it's it's a really rare and unique place so to have that on display for the country and the world to some degree was very cool very cool and the players i mean i think i saw something on social media this morning it was like a three-minute soundbite they put together if you saw that or not but it was like all the players talking about how amazing it was here. So I saw, I mean, Tiger Woods, Jordan yeah. Spieth, all of them were yeah. talking about just the crowds and the enthusiasm and support they felt. So hopefully we get cool. another event back That would be soon. awesome. So what do you wish you had more time to do? What more passion, uh, you, or your passions, what do you wish you had more time to do? To travel. Uh, I'm actually getting ready next week to go to Italy uh, for nice. a week and a half. Yeah, I lived there for seven months in college, and I've gone back a few times. So, um, But I always find that whenever – I love St. Louis, I love my community, but I always find when I go somewhere different that it – it kind of opens up my mind to a different way of thinking. And I, I think that's really important because yep. when you get in your daily routine, a lot of times things seem monotonous or these or these little microcosms of mini dramas or problems may seem really big. But in the grand scheme of things, when you go to a different country and you look at the world around you, you say, wow, you know, that situation with my car isn't so bad. Look at this great experience that I had to have. So I wish I had more time to travel. And I think it also expands the horizon, right? I mean, yeah. It gives you new visions, new hopes, new dreams. Well, and I think uh, it makes stuff. you more compassionate and kind of understanding of people who aren't like you, right. which I think is very yep. important. Absolutely. The So talk to us about maybe one of the hardest things in your professional life that you've had to deal with, uh, and how did you overcome that? Ooh, there's a lot. Uh, <laughs> there's been a lot of roadblocks along the way. I mean, the obvious one is that I'm a female in sports. You know, I'm right now in St. Like when I took this job to come back to St. Louis, someone told me, you know, you're the first female to ever be a radio, a sports talk radio host in St. Louis. And I thought, wow. I thought that can't be right. And then I was thinking, 
maybe it is right. And I thought to myself, how is it 2018 and I might be the first person to have that designation? That's insane to me. That is insane. And, you know, obviously being at ESPN. Well, congratulations. Well, thank you. I don't, I don't even know if it's true, but the fact <laughs> that I couldn't even think of one off the top of my yeah. head was troublesome to me, you know? Um, and obviously being at ESPN, there's a lot of women there. There's yeah. a lot of diversity there, and it's totally different. But that's the biggest sports media company in the world. So right. you're going to have diversity there. But I think, you know, on a local level, being a female in sports, people are naturally and unfairly going to look at you a certain way or think that you maybe have to know more than them or prove them prove yourself in a certain way. And right. I felt that certainly a lot early in my career. You know, I, I would... The, the few hours that I had at home, I was watching every game and taking all these notes and being super meticulous about things because I never wanted to be put in a situation where I didn't know what I was talking about or that I didn't feel like I maybe knew more than someone else. And then once I started growing in my career and earning respect from people around me, and, and not just women, men have to do that as well, obviously, but then I started being like, you know, I trust my knowledge. I, I trust myself enough that I don't feel like I have to do X, Y, or Z maybe to make people respect me. That just me being me, they're going to respect me for my hard work anyway. Thanks for listening to the Circuit of Success. I am your host, Brett Gilliland. And each week we get to bring you a great guests. And we get to bring you great guests that we, uh, we're going to dive into their lives and find out what it is that they've done to be successful. So we can hopefully turn around and give that back to you. And then you can take, even if it's just one bit of information from that, just one little nugget, and put it into your life to help you become the best version of yourself. So thanks for listening to The Circuit of Success. More in just a few minutes. Is it time to replace that old, worn-out flooring? Shop the city and save at JJS Flooring. JJS offers a wide variety of options that will surely meet your flooring needs. We tried shopping the big box stores, and that was useless. So we decided to head to JJS, and wow, I'm glad we did. Dennis and Sean were so helpful and knowledgeable. They told us what would work in what room and what wouldn't. They have over 40 years of experience in flooring. That's all they do is flooring. And save? Yes, we saved a ton, and our house looks amazing now. New hardwoods in the living room and tile in the kitchen and bath? Thank you, JJS. See the ultra-soft carpets from Stanton. Truly the softest carpet on the market. And it's backed by the legendary Stainmaster warranty. JGS Flooring, 2301 Gravoy Avenue, just west of Hodax. Or give them a call at 314-772-3996. JGS Flooring. See what JGS can do for you. Their service will floor you. Jennifer Blum. You know, there's nothing like the colors of fall, and fall is the ideal time for planting. Pastiglia's Nursery and Garden Center in Wildwood is like no other garden center. There are eight acres of beautiful trees and shrubs. If you'd like to decorate your porch or patio, Pastiglia's has garden mums, asters, and these beautiful combination planters. Pastiglia's is a family business. Brothers Pete and Chris and their staff offer a full landscape division. You can bring in a photo of your yard and get advice, or Pastiglia's can do everything. Everything for you. Small garden designs, fire pits, custom barbecue islands, outdoor kitchens and living spaces. The experts at Pasiglio's will go the extra mile to bring your vision to life. Pasiglio's Nursery and Garden Center is in Wildwood at the corner of Highway 109 and Clayton Road. Or you can check them out online at Pasiglia.com. It's interesting you talk about KTRS being a locally own business. It's very similar to Del Mar Financial. One of the reasons I came to Del Mar about six years ago is that family-owned business. I like working with that first-time home buyer 
but also like working with that person who's downsizing and it's time to sell the, the house they, they brought their family up and, and buy a new one. Delmar Financial can help put you in your next home. Call Ryan, 618-593-3608. Licensed in Missouri and Illinois. DelmarFinancial.com. The opinions you hear on KTRS are those of the host, callers, and guests, and are not necessarily those of this station, its management, or owners. If you have comments or suggestions, contact us at KTRS.com. Thanks for listening. Welcome back to the Circuit of Success. I'm your host, Brett Gilliland, and we're going to dive back into this week's interview in a minute, but we're going to continue talking about those circuits, the circuits of attitude, the circuit of a belief system, the circuit of action that ultimately gets you that fourth and final one, and that is success. So let's dive back into this week's interview. So how important is it, and what do you do to be a student of the game? Um, well, it's very important because media is kind of this ever-evolving thing. Uh, is that what you mean, the game as, as Yeah, just the student of the game. I mean, I think the way I'm looking at more, again, if you're a, a, an accountant or an attorney, you've got to be a student of the game in that world, right? Oh, and yeah. so uh, we, we know it's obviously very important, but what do you do to be a student of the game? Because, one, you've got to get up at the butt crack of dawn, but yet the games are on till late, and you can't go in necessarily and not know exactly what happened, right? right? So there's this vicious cycle of yeah. no sleep, right? No so sleep. how do you stay a student of the game to be great at your craft? Um, well, yeah, no sleep is one of it. On Saturdays, I kind of hibernate until around like 11 a.m. Yeah. and just crash. But, um, you know, I think about it in, in a different way, I guess. I think... Well, if this is the worst thing that I have to do is stay up late to watch a Cardinals game, my life is pretty okay. Pretty lucky. You know what I mean? So yeah. I kind of just have to frame my mentality in a different way to think I'm, I'm not doing some terrible job that I hate. This is my dream job. I get to you know live out my dream every day. But for me, I try to be a student of the game um, by studying different forms of media, at least for me. Like, there are certain shows that I think are brilliant, and I will listen to them and try and learn from them. Like I think the Dan Levitard show is brilliant because it has broken the mold of traditional sports talk media. Mm. So I will listen to them and try and take little bits of pieces of things that I find interesting. Or like right now I'm listening to a podcast. Uh, it's a fashion blogger who interviews uh, different women in the industry about their second life. Mm. You know, and I just try and like I'll, I'll read, you know. I read Forbes a lot. I'll try and just like read different things or consume different things that might spark an idea for me that I might not have before. Right. And are you uh, you YouTube? Do you watch videos? Is it mostly reading? I mean, what are you what are you doing? Um, so I know YouTube is such a big thing, but unfortunately, that's not um, it's not on my daily to do yeah. list. I need to get more into YouTube though, because from what I read, everything is kind of trending in right. that it's way. Amazing. It's amazing what yeah. YouTube has done. Um, but for me, you know. I have a, a checklist of things that I read every day. You know, you can, I hit one button on my computer, yep. all my tabs open, and I and I read different things. But, you know, like I said, it's everything from – I'll try and think of some of the things that I read every day. But I love – I obviously will read our, our website, 101sports.com. I read ESPN.com. I will go to, like, you know, various, like – blogs that have different like off the beaten path stories like for the win or the big lead i'll read the washington post i i'm obsessed with the new york times you know i i love to read the modern love column in the new york times (laughs) i shouldn't do that in the morning when i'm trying to prep for my show but they always have some really interesting thing that i can sometimes you know take creativity or take ideas from there's all these different things that i try and consume all the time so when you hear the word mindset what comes to mind Hmm. Well, I think 
a mindset is something that you have to actively curate yourself. Um, you, if you wake up every morning and you say, I'm going to have a positive mindset today, or I'm going to do something today that's going to make me better. Nine times out of 10, you're going to do that. You know, the, the thoughts in your head, the way that you kind of frame your day and your job and, and the world around you is really up to you. You know, you can have something derail you or you can have a rough day, but it's up to you if you're going to let it affect you that much or not. So one of my favorite questions, and everybody knows this question if you listened, is my fear question is how many of the fears that you've put into your mind actually blow up to the magnitude you put them in your mind to be? That makes sense? It does. And I, I mean... The anxiety and the unknown is typically worse than the actual act, right? Right. Um, and that's the point to the question, right? Yeah. Is it you put all these things in our mind, but how many of them actually have come true to that magnitude? Usually none. Yeah. You know, usually they say prepare for the worst, you know, expect the best, prepare for the worst. Yeah. Usually it's somewhere in the gray area, right. in the middle of the spectrum. Yeah. You know, like for instance, one thing for me that I loved more than anything about my job at ESPN that but that would give me the highest amount of anxiety is we would go on a fall football tour every year and trying to coordinate talent and guests and a set and the, a live crowd that you have no idea what they're going to say or do was always a big ball of anxiety for me. There were so many moving parts and I was, I was the one that had to hold all of the glue together. And I remember before every live show, days before, I wouldn't be able to sleep. I would think <sighs> there's something that I haven't thought of that I need that's going to happen. X, Y, Z, you know, I, I would wake up in the middle of the night and make lists and be like, you know, did you did you email TV about this? Did you is this sponsorship printed on this sign? Like mm. all of these things that you know you feel like you you've never done enough. And then when we would get there, it'd always be the best show we've ever. You know, because the energy of the crowd was there, and even if mistakes were made, it didn't matter. You would right. roll with it. But so to your point, the anxiety and the fear of failure is usually not worth yeah. it. And usually, the things you think are going to happen don't, and things you don't think are going to happen can. Right? right? You can't anticipate right. a lot of the exactly. things that are. I always said that being a producer was. I, I read this somewhere, and I thought it was so accurate. It's putting out a million little fires every day, and yep. you never know where they're going to sprout up. You right. just have to react whenever they happen. Yeah, that's why I say about entrepreneurship, right? Or you know, running a business. Running a corporation, it's it's the roller coaster ride of the day. Yeah, that's right. every single day. Um, so coolest events you've been to basically every cool event you can be at sports wise. Um, I still have a few on my bucket list. Do you? Yeah. Well, so what's on the bucket list? Uh, I want to go to the Masters with my dad. Okay. Uh, have you been to the Masters and not with your dad or just? I never? have not. He okay. has, but to me that would be a that's, very very special thing yep. to do with him. I want to go to a Blues Stanley Cup final game. Amen. But they have to get there first right. for me to do that. Um, I, I would love to go to Wimbledon. There's all there's all sorts of things that I haven't yeah. been able to do that I'd like. And so the ones you have done, uh, what's what's one of the coolest ones? Um, well, from my the PGA this weekend is up there. Um, but I would say two things that were unbelievable to me. I still look back and think you better you know bless the ground you walk on that you were able to do this as a sports fan. We're back to back. Oh yeah, I had. 
the national championship game in Tampa two years ago. It was Clemson, Alabama. I was on the field, standing in the end zone when Deshaun Watson threw the threw the touchdown for Clemson to win. At the buzzer, basically. It was unbelievable. It was an unbelievable yeah. game. Um, and then a, a, about a month later, I went to the Super Bowl and I was in charge of getting the guests after the game for ESPN Radio. I was really really nervous about it. And, um, and this I'd, was the Super Bowl that Tom Brady and the Patriots came back. And, correct. Yeah. Yep. I uh, at halftime, I believe it was twenty-eight to three. And uh, what happens is, is they in the third quarter they have all the media go down to the tunnel. And for for the national championship game, for instance, there was TVs everywhere. But at the Super Bowl, for some reason in Houston, there wasn't. So the girl next to me has her phone out. She worked for Fox, so she was getting the live feed. And she turns to me. She goes, "The Patriots have scored. They're going to win this game." And I go, what are you talking about? No, they're not. And she goes, they're going to win this game. So they let us out on the field at the two-minute warning. And I was on the field when all of that stuff happened. And as the confetti fell, I, I just blacked out. And I was trying to grab any Patriot I could. And we ended up getting, I think, 11 interviews um, in that moment. And I just, looking back, it's like, Jimmy Garoppolo, ES, talked to ESPN Radio. I got Julian Edelman five minutes later, and he took my phone into the Patriots locker room. I had to run with him like, and stand outside of the locker room and yell for him to give me my phone back. Um, I was standing when I was with Edelman in the corner. Remember that unbelievable catch he made? Where oh, it was yeah. just like off yeah. his I still can't believe he made that catch. Yeah. Um, but as I'm walking with him with the phone, before he get, I have the phone for ESPN to give me the, the cue that we're ready for him. Bill Belichick comes out of the tunnel, drinking a Pepsi with his girlfriend, and I have it on video. Uh, looks at Julian, Julian Edelman and goes, "That's a hell of a catch. That was a hell of a catch." <laughs> and I'm standing. It's, it's like shit. me, Julian Edelman, and Bill Belichick after one of the most unbelievable yeah, moments in probably sports the best history Super Bowl ever. And you know, to look back and think that I was on the field and a part of that moment and those two moments in any way are yeah. I, it's hard for me to even comprehend sometimes. That was a wild stretch of run there with the, was it Villanova? Did yep. the game-winning shot in March Madness? Mm-hmm. That was quite the run. So, uh, number one app, if I took your phone right now and deleted it, what app would you not want me to delete off your phone? Does email count? We'll let you keep email. <laughs> you got to have that to survive. Okay, okay. I was going to say, yeah. because that's, that's the one yeah. that goes off the most every yeah. day. Um, I would say... Either Twitter, uh-huh. uh, because Twitter is kind of the lifeblood of the sports I world. Bet, yeah. You know, that's where I get it's it's my news feed every day. That's yep. where I get anything that I need, whether it's stats from ESPN Stats and Info, or you know, an article from the New York Times, or just even you know, Matt Carpenter. We had him on the show yesterday, yep. going through his Twitter feed to see if there's anything interesting that he has tweeted about. You know, to ask him about. So I would I would say Twitter would probably be the number one thing. That guy's on fire, by the way, Matt Carpenter. He is. It's the salsa. Crazy. It's got to be, it's the, gotta be the salsa. <laughs> Number one book. If you could recommend a book to our listeners, what are you, what are you recommending? Ooh, I don't know. I read all of the time. So my um, my favorite book kind of evolves. Uh, I'm trying to think of a great book. Are you a, like a novel reader? Are you a, a personal growth type book reader? I what mix you, it up. Okay. I, I like to do one fiction, then a nonfiction. Like I uh, I recently read The Nightingale, which was an amazing you know fictional book, and now yep. I'm reading a biography on Bill, Bill Belichick. Huh. <laughs> so I kind I I tend to switch it up. Um, I don't know if I have a favorite book per se. Oh, The Alchemist is a good book oh, yeah. that I, I tend to revisit a yeah. lot. It's a quick read, and you always kind of pull something from that yep. that you can apply to your life. So I give you $10 million. You cannot pay debt. You cannot invest it, and you cannot give it to charity. What are you doing with $10 bucks? 
Um, I'd like to build a school here in St. Louis. Um, I was very inspired by what LeBron James just did. I know that his foundation got help from other people, but I thought, what an impactful legacy to leave that will just keep regenerating over time. Right. So I I would like to do that. It was pretty cool. I mean, they get bikes and they get, I mean, all the stuff that goes with that. Yeah. And can't you just see the Smallman School? I can. I like it. I like it. Well, those of you that want to help with the Smallman School, you (laughs) you find me, I'll I'll hook you up with Michelle and uh, we'll raise some money and, and build a school. So where can our listeners find more of you? Uh, well, you can always listen to me Monday through Friday, 7 to 10 a.m. on 101 ESPN with Bernie Miklas. You can find my podcast on Small Talk and Apple Podcasts. Uh, you can find me on Twitter, msmallm2 is my handle, or on Instagram at msmallman, or, you know, just around town. If you just see me, town. say hello. Well, Michelle, thank you so much for taking time out of your busy schedule to spend time with us on the Circuit of Success. Thank you so much for having me. This has been this week's Circuit of Success. Again, I'm your host, Brett Gilliland. You know, each week we come and we have a we have a goal. Our goal for you is to to take a nugget, to take something every single week. Um, when we dive into the person's life, you know, they talk about the roads they've traveled. They talk about their struggles. They talk about some of their victories. You know, how have they done what they've done to become successful? So tune in each week on Sundays from 4 to 5 p.m. We look forward to spending each and every week with you. If you want more about our firm, Visionary Wealth Advisors, please find us online at visionarywealthadvisors.com or you can go to the show's website, circuitofsuccess.com. We're also on social media, LinkedIn, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, you name it, we're there. Come find us. We're easy to find. And uh, we'll be back next week with another great guest on the Circuit of Success. next week for another episode of the circuit of success with brett gilliland on the lineupmedia.fm podcast network subscribe to the show on itunes google play stitcher and through our website circuitofsuccess.com follow us on facebook and twitter and email any questions to info at circuitofsuccess.com This podcast was a presentation of lineupmedia.fm.